Congrats to our friend and Mr. Olympia champion, Big Rami, as well as the Enhanced Labs for dropping new collaboration, Whey Isolate. This new product is packed with the right macros, weighs in at three pounds, and has free shipping. Check it out at www.getenhanced.shop and use code GENIRON to save at checkout. That's getenhanced.shop and promo code G-E-N-I-R-O-N to see Big Rami's new three-pound isolate with Enhanced. Welcome to the Generation Iron Podcast, featuring the biggest names in bodybuilding, fitness, combat, and strength sports world. If you want to be a bodybuilding champion, it takes hours and hours every day of being dedicated and being passionate about it. As your boy here, Kai Green, a.k.a. Mr. Getting It Done. Tune in to the GI exclusives on the Generation Iron Airwaves. What's happening, everybody? This is Vlad, and we are back on the Generation Iron Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk to um, one of the, if not the most, but one of the most popular guys in the fitness industry. Um, he's also an actor. He's been in many different, uh, had many different movie roles, TV shows. Um, he trained a lot of um, actors as well, and he's been a big part of our film that came out in 2020, which is called Generation Iron, Natty for Life. Um, he's done many interviews with us, and I'm very happy to welcome back to the podcast, Mike O'Hearn. What's up, Mike? What's up, stud? <laughs> How you doing? Good to see you. I'm doing, I'm doing good, my man. It's always good to see you. Always great to see you, man. I always look forward to our conversations, man. Well, you you are a, a research genius when it comes to this stuff. You've done your oh, diligence on on the world of health and fitness and bodybuilding, man. So big props. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate it, man. How you most been? don't most don't most just kind of go into it. Well, you know, gotta try to do your best, I guess. <laughs> you've had a good. You you've been uh, okay with the year. Yeah, man, you know, just staying in there and working hard, you know. You know, a lot of people actually started working harder in the, in the pandemic. I don't know. They, they, uh, they uh, had to adapt and get smarter and think, how, how can we make this, how can I survive during this craziness? Exactly. So exactly. I like that. I like that we had to get forced to do something like that and, and uh, go outside of our comfort zone. Got it. Well, first of all, how you been? And how was the, you know, because last time I came to your house, that was right before the pandemic. We were shooting film and then we had a sit down interview. And then like a couple of months later, like maybe maybe like three or four months later, the pandemic hit and everything got shut down. So how was that time for you when it all happened? I'm OK. Uh, the family's OK. Um, obviously, with the with the newborn, it was actually in one sense, it was pretty cool to be able to be with my son, my newborn so much and, and uh, be at those moments. So that, that was, that was a plus. Um, and then I, I love the fact that I had to think outside the box to continue forward. Um, mostly because all the movies got shut down and, and especially out here in California, California is even harsher than anywhere else. I think with the, with the shutdown and lockdowns and people's personalities and stuff when it comes to this whole COVID thing. So it's uh, it was tough out here, but we survived. By the way, I also want to ask you: Did having a son like did it affect you in any way? Change you? Uh, a lot of people have like different experiences when they have kids. You know, they say like the whole life changes. Was that was that the same for you? 
Tremendous. Tremendous. Um, uh, the typical stuff, uh, you got to start thinking about the future more so than just yourself. Because I've always been a future guy. I've always been lifting and going, hey, how can I continue to do this? How can I do this over four decades? How can I do that? And now it's, well, how can I tussle with my son in 20 years uh, and give him somebody to, 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 to beat down in a sense, you know, like, um, and how can I continue forward in that sense? And how can I set him up to win in the future? And so it changes my whole mindset, of not just what can we do in the future, but how can I set him up to be something and carry on? So in those aspects, it changed it quite a bit. And so it gave me even more motivation, which just keeps coming, keeps coming. As I think you're the same as me. We, we get more focused in a narrower road in a sense that our focus, we don't get distracted as much as we get older. And so I think that's a, that's a great point of it, too. I, I know what I need to take care of. I know, I know what I have to do and what, what wastes my time. You know, um, last time we sat down, you told me your schedule, right? Which was pretty crazy. I mean, for, for me, it was pretty crazy. You wake up at 4 a.m., I believe, right? Go to the gym. The whole day is just so, you know, planned out. Go to sleep early. It was just like, was it, is it the same now? Did you adjust anything? And did, did it change at all? We adjusted it. Um, I've been lucky in, in a sense that I've been, I've been able to have my gyms. Um, and so in some sense, that's worked out great for us. Um, but I also got to do this being one of the top five guys in the world being requested for guest posings mm -hmm. that had me crazy the last seven years. And so the one thing it would allow me to do is that those got all canceled. So I wasn't traveling every single weekend. Um, and so as, as you and I talk about nutrition and training and stuff and me staying in a deficit all year long to stay on stage and look good, that's destructive to the body. And so I got to go off season. I got to uh, kick back and almost like in a sense, uh, fix whatever little owies or injuries I had um, and allow me to just go off season and go a surplus of calories. So it was an actual a huge benefit. And so my schedule wasn't as great. It wasn't, wasn't four in the morning um, because we were training mostly at the house here uh, with that gym that you saw and uh, great so five or six, but the day's, I imagine just like you, we can fill our day up with work and, and one in me is seven days a week. So it's, it's one of those things that it's not, Oh, it's Sunday. We get to relax today. We're still working. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, I did some research, right. And a lot of the very successful people in the world, they follow that method, waking up super early, like four, you know, five, kind of handling a lot of the tasks before everybody else wakes up. Is that kind of like, did you structure your mindset based on that? Or was it just was natural to you to do that? I didn't structure it that way until I was 20. And I learned about all these individuals. Mm. And then I go, holy sheesh, I've been doing this the last 11 years. Mm. And then I, at 20, I realized, you know, you know, by 17, I was in the magazines like we talked about. And so it's like, I'm doing something here that is setting me up to win. And then I looked at all these other individuals and I think as you grow and, and you continue to level up and you're more around people that are successful and then a different level of success and a different level of success, you find out these little traits that all these individuals have and you kind of go, wow, they're very similar when it breaks down to small little minute things like just getting up early. And so I, I continued that 
a hundred percent, just because it's, it's two reasons. One is I love the fact that I feel like uh, the movie, I am legend with Will Smith and his dog, you know, I get up at three in the morning or four in the morning and it's just me and my dog and we're heading off to the gym and there's nobody awake, but I also feel like I'm getting a kickstart on everybody else. We all got 24 hours. We all got seven days a week. And I remember that uh, it was, I think it was Trump that talked about this. And he said, if you want to be successful, it's not nine to five. Right, right. It's the average, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually paycheck to paycheck. You want to, I, I loved how his approach was, we have weekends. So that gives me another week over anybody else because we work Saturday and Sunday. So you start adding all these things up and you start adding up hours that you get up relative to when you go to bed or your work. It's, it's a crazy, it was some crazy number. Like you get two more months a year of where you can work on success relative to the individual that always takes the, you know, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday off kind of thing or, or weekends and vacations and all that. And we love what we do. So it's not like it's work. So we're, we're okay doing that. And it gives us so much more time. So early in the morning and we love working. So I have a question about that. So how do you not burn out with that? Cause it's almost like a robot, you know, you wake, like you follow such a regimen, you count the hours that you work. I mean, how do you not burn out? I, I understand somebody can do that for a year, let's say, right. Yeah. How do you, you, you you've been doing it your whole life. Like how do you, not, yeah. how do you st- still continue even to be motivated to do that every day? For I, I figured out it was uh, 42 years now I've been doing it at eight in the morning, at four in the morning um, and lifting 42 years. And people are like, how do you do that? And I saw somebody talk about it. And it's, it's such a true point. It's you don't get burned out by doing something you love. Mm. You get burned out by doing things that don't give you passion. Mm. Everything we do and everything I've done in my lifetime, I didn't I didn't cut corners in the sense I didn't. Um, it was no give and take. It was like, this is how I kind of want to set my life up. This is what I like. This is fun for me. This is passionate for me. I'm going to do everything I can to stay with that and do those kind of things. And so it's never, never, I never got burnt out from it. The only thing I do get is like, like this last year is by having to be in a deficit, I had to feed my body correctly. So I always say, do as I say, not as I do, because I'm one of the most requested guys to guest post. That puts me in a situation to where I always have to, mostly for me, I want to come into guest post in shape. I don't want to be an off-season guest poser. And that's why I keep getting booked and booked. But at the same time, that's hurtful to the body. So this last year really helped me be able to take my physique to a whole new level. And now that we start guest posing here in a couple of weeks, it, it's exciting to be able to reveal Actually, I put on muscle, <laughs> a lot of muscle this last year. Wow. And so I get to go pet, guest pose again. It's like it gave me more passion, more umph. So, yeah, it, I don't burn out because it's fun. It's fun. So about sleep, right? So obviously, according to doctors, right, you're supposed to, a human's supposed to sleep like, you know, eight hours a day, right? That's what they recommend. Now, I heard Steve Harvey, right? He, he made a speech and he was like, if you sleep eight hours a day, then you're not, you can't be successful as an entrepreneur as entertainer it's just impossible then i heard somebody else some uh, some other speeches basically promoting sleep they're like no you have to sleep you should get as much sleep as possible that way you're more attentive more productive in your business and in general whatever you know what i'm saying what is, what is your take on sleep what do you think eight hours or or nine i think seven and a half hours is, is is like 
is the doctor requirement to try to get that, get your body recovered, uh, muscle recovery, brain function, all those kind of things. I agree with it. I think that kind of sleep is good. I do get to bed pretty early though. So I'm, I'm pretty good. I shut it off at eight o'clock. I'm done. And then I'm up at three in the morning. So I get a good seven hours or so sleep. Uh, and you, you believe I, in sleep. You like sleep. You think it's good for you. For, for I think it's 100% good for you. I, I really do. And, it's, and it's, a, it's a crazy thing. Like if I'm working with somebody on nutrition and I can have them on a, a great nutrition plan, a great training plan, everything's perfect. Everything's perfect except their sleep. All I do is change their sleep and their body changes. So sleep's, yeah, you can't. And also remember, sleep is going to keep you youthful. There's a grind to that. You start skipping sleep, but you got to schedule it in like anything else. Yeah. I shut off the TV and go to bed and shut off my mind at eight o'clock. I'm done. And I had a friend come over. He's funny. This guy's coming over. We're going to do this huge lecture this next day. And he just gets over there like around 740 and to the house. And he talks about this when he went on stage because it was like, all right, you're here. All right, take care. I'm going to bed. It's just, it's schedule. You schedule it, you schedule. I'm not staying up and, and talking and partying with him. I'll see him the next day on the schedule. So that's how I'm pretty regimented that way. So what about like, um, do you meditate? Do you do any type of like mental exercises or breathing exercises? I, I do. In if you ever seen me work out, that's my meditation. Hmm. Uh, it's a calming battle, almost like a peaceful warrior in a sense. Uh, I, I love going under the weights and I can, I can turn it on and turn it off a switch being an athlete, my whole life gladiators until mid forties is one of those things from young teenager, uh, not even teen uh, prepubescent doing martial arts and competing to now I can get under the weight and shut off everybody else outside of it without music. And still be in my head listening to what the voices are saying. And so that's my meditation. And I actually love that meditation. I love the, uh, the battle of the weights and, and getting into that fight. Um, relative to, I, I don't, I ask my training partners not to cheer for, you know, how come on, let's go. And I say nothing. I want nothing. I'll, I'll get this myself. And that's just me in my head. And that's, it's a very important thing. So if, if you don't, if you can't meditate where you work out, get some kind of medication or alone time to where you can veg and just kind of prioritize even, uh, uh, prioritize what's important, uh, clean out the mind, get rid of the negative, put some positive in there. Have you ever dealt with anxiety? Like, I, it seems like you, you know, this is your kind of meditation. The gym kind of clears everything for you, right? But you know, uh, one of the biggest questions we, you know, we get a lot of emails about it, people dealing with a lot of anxiety right now, especially right now. But I mean, I think it's always been the case. You know what I mean? Like people deal with negative thoughts, anxiety, you know, financial problems kind of builds up. So that's why some people can't even go to sleep at night, like just the way you do. You know what I mean? Have you ever dealt with anxiety or just with the mind that's been like, or even depression in, in your whole life? Did that happen? Yeah, I, I got, I got pretty depressed um, when I lost my mom. Uh, I lost my dad prior to that, but I tried to do the, the tough guy thing. Mm -hmm. That's life. My dad passed, move on kind of thing. And then I lost my mom and uh, all the emotions of not dealing with losing my dad and losing my mom crushed me, physically crushed me. And I was in a, in a bad relationship at the time as well. 
And so it was just all of the mixture of these things. And uh, I dropped, I mean, uh, complete depression. Um, the only thing, and I think it was because it was such a habit for me, the only thing I was doing outside of, of feeling sorry for myself and, and angry and, and, and depressed and, and mad at the world that I lost both parents and uh, is that I kept training and eating right. And that was just because of out of habit of doing it for 30 years. So it was one of those things. And I also learned at that point, which was late in my life, I didn't really learn about uh, the point of it's, it's about you making yourself happy. You cannot depend on somebody else. If you're depending on somebody else to make you happy, there's some issues that need to be dealt with. And you got to be able to be alone in a sense and be happy with being alone. Because being alone doesn't mean you're alone. You can be alone with a group of 10 people because you're dealing with stuff. And so it was one of those things that I finally dealt with issues for myself at that time when I lost my mom. And then I pulled myself out of that depression um, with time. And I really understood, I understood this, which I hope everybody out there listens to this. Don't rush it. Don't do this stupid thing that I did with my dad going, Hey, that's life. Oh, well, it is what it is. I hate that saying. It is what it is. No, it's my dad. He's a superhero. I should have, I should have let it out. I should have talked or I should have been emotional about it. Um, and then when my mom did it, I should, I'm glad I did it. And I'm also glad that I didn't depend on anybody else to come out of that. For me, for me, I'm glad I didn't. I'm not saying that for anybody else. If, if you're dealing with depression, talk to somebody, have somebody there for you. But I'm glad I did it with myself because I needed to at that point. And I was getting up in age. And then I didn't deal with that aloneness or anything like that. And so that was one of the biggest things that I think with anybody right now going through depression or going through with anything, talk to somebody. Don't man, don't do this whole, I'm a tough guy kind of thing. I don't need to talk well, about you, it. You part of the industry, Mike, that's actually very kind of like a macho driven industry, right? I mean, yeah. you're looking at muscles, right? It, it creates a tough exterior, right? Even in somebody like you, people don't expect you to be vulnerable. So maybe it's tougher for, you know, people in the fitness industry in general to actually open up about being. Handy. I think it is behind I think it is in front of the curtain, but behind the curtain, I got the most sincere, kind-hearted people you will ever meet. Mm. One, of my, uh, one of my people that I talk to uh, is like Ed Cohen, the greatest power lifter in history. Him and I, when we talk, we just talked about us losing our pup. He lost his pup and I lost my dog and everything stemmed off of that. And it's too, you know, he's a freaking, he, well, he's the GOAT. So he's the most macho guy there is. And it's like behind the curtain, these guys are, they got the two levels. They're, we're not this, we're not in the middle. We're either extremists or we're upset down here. And so it's cool to be able to know that we can turn on the switch and be animals. But it's also nice to know that we can come down to the other side and be below that, that peaceful warrior mentality of if they're talking smack, you don't need to do anything because you know you can crush them attitude, I guess. So I, I think with health and fitness, I think when you're coming up and you're a youngster, that whole ego thing is really played. I'm a guy, I'm, I'm, I'm strong, I'm tough. I don't cry. I don't do anything. I don't talk about this. So, yeah. What about, um, you know, you mentioned how regimented you are, right? With your schedule, um, 
I mean, I know you work like 24-7, I get that, but do you ever have a leisure time where you just go out to like, just have a cheap meal and like maybe have some alcohol or something like that? Like people, people want to know about that. Like this Mike ever. Yeah, no, I started too young. I can't comprehend alcohol. Never had it. Never had alcohol. Never. No. Cause remember, again, eight, nine years old. So I never went that route. And I also, because I grew up with dyslexia, the one big thing about reading and writing is that it's the imbalance. So I had to watch and listen. And I had to watch and listen to a, a, a better cue than the next person because I knew I wasn't going to be able to read the stuff. I couldn't spell it out for you. So I had to pay attention and that transferred to everything. So I watched all nine brothers and sisters lift, do martial arts, but drink, take steroids, do all these things. What was the benefit of all this stuff? What was the downside of all this stuff? I watched it from that young age. And so it was one of those things that I go, okay, this is not good. The drinking, it didn't do anything for them. And it allowed me to catch my older brother because we'd lift, we'd eat, we'd train, but then he'd go party and I would stay to the, to the plan. And so it just, over time, I just, I just never picked it up. And then you get out of junior high school and high school and college and you never drank. For me, I just, there was no picking it up at that point. Well, I was too late to start, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got lucky in that sense. Here's the one thing, because people ask me, and, and you're right. I think these are the little things that people need. They ask, they go, hey, what do you do when all your buddies are pressuring you to drink? Don't drink. It's a, for me, it's as simple as that. It's, we're not in high school no more. It's not one of those things where you're out to dinner and they're like, hey, let's, let's make sure we have ice cream and cookies and all this stuff. It's like, no, I'm just going to have my steak and salad. I'm good. Um, so you, you mentioned your brothers took steroids and, and you, you witnessed that sisters too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, no, no. Uh, my sister, uh, my sister, one miss Washington, miss Seattle took uh, fourth of North American. My brother, one, Mr. Washington, um, powerlifting, our whole family did it. So, cause my mom was a martial artist. My dad did bodybuilding and football. We all were athletes and we all did it. The only difference was they were older than me. And so I got to watch the benefits. And so I got to watch my, and, and as a boy, you always want to beat your older brother. Mm -hmm. Well, I had four older brothers. I had four older brothers that all bodybuilded, played football, wrestled, martial art. And so I'm trying to kick all their asses in time. And so I was watching what they did that worked and what they did that didn't work. Um, and so you saw, side, you saw side effects that you didn't like? Yeah, I did. I was getting ready for Teenage Washington. Uh, I'm sorry, Teenage Nationals. Uh, it was 1987. It was uh, in the lineup was Gerard Dente in the heavyweights with me. Chris Cormier was Gerard the, from MHP, the guy that owns MHP. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Chris Cormier was a light heavyweight. Um, other guys were there too. Aaron Eckenrodes, these young kids that were the, the names of the industry. And so I was getting ready for this and it was the first time they had teenage nationals in Washington. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting ready and it's about two weeks out. So everybody's telling me, you're not going to win this show. Mm -hmm. You can't compete against these kids. These kids are, you know, whatever they're doing stuff. And I'm like, whatever, I'll, I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to compete. I'm going to compete. Now to set the story up, 
It's the visual thing. If you're around yourself every day, you don't see yourself change much or your significant other change much. So I'm living at home, obviously. And I got my sister there who was this long, blonde haired um, bodybuilder, very sleek physique that one Miss Seattle, Miss Washington. So the, the, the problem was that I would see these people every single day. And one day she cut that long blonde hair and dyed it black and short. Now I'm in the gym. It's about a week out from the show. I look over and I thought I see a teenager that I'm going to compete against. He's got traps up to the ears, you know, these, these 26 inch legs. I'm like, Holy sheesh. That's, that's a big, that's a big kid. Turns it around and it's my sister. I didn't even realize looking at this, the transformation she made by getting on it. So we can all agree steroids are an amazing thing, but we can all agree that it changes you dramatically. And so without me even seeing this or, or the day-to-day thing, it, that shocked me till today. The transformation from this beautiful girl, blonde, long hair, almost like visual twin, and to this, this champion bodybuilder. But at the same time, it just changed her completely. And so I was like, that, that's, that's way, that's, that's extreme. And so by watching that or watching my older brother get better than me, and then me close the gap. He gets better than me, then gets off it. And I keep closing the gap. I'm the tortoise moving real slow. But each jump he does, I'm closing in. Because on steroids, you know as well as I do, you gain, you can't keep. It loses. Then you go back, and then you go back. And so the slow, the slow ride for me seemed like it was the smartest thing for me. And so watching them, alcohol, drugs, anything like that, it just... I stayed regimen. It's been a um, this sh- uh, maybe it's just an, maybe it's just because you know it's being reported, but it seems like it's been a lot of deaths in bodybuilding. Twenty twenty, wow. even this year, you know, um, guys die like in their fifties, you know, late forties. I don't want to mention any names, you know what I mean? But like, I'm sure you've heard of them. Uh, one of them was just my a couple of them were my friends and stuff. So yeah, I- um, do, do you think that's? I mean, obviously it's different things, but do you think? If you think bodybuilders, you know, should be in a healthy side, obviously, even though it's an extreme sport, I get that. But uh, do you think is anything to do with a lifestyle at all, or is it just just a coincidence? I, I think I think uh, it's it's a harsh reality. Um, the ultimate goal for all of us is to be as healthy as we possibly can. You know, that's the ultimate goal. Um, but the other side of the desire to be the greatest, it's pretty powerful. And so a lot of these guys, the, the power to be the greatest makes you do stuff that you probably don't want to do. And as you and I know, because we're behind the curtain, we talk to a lot of these guys. And a lot of these guys aren't happy having to do what they have to do. Um, but to be the greatest, you kind of have to go down that road for a lot of people. And so... Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's a lot of abuse. And I think anything like that is to that extreme, it's it's risky. But again, I'm not one to judge anything. I've never, whatever you want to do, that's the funny thing. Somebody commented the other day and goes, how are you friends with, I, I forgot who I was with. It wasn't Rich because I was an old one, but it was somebody else that does stuff, chemicals. 
And they go, how can you be friends with them? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, he does steroids. And you go, ah, you don't. I've never claimed anything about disliking people or saying don't do it. I've never said anything like that in 40 years. Being in the magazine since 1987, there's not one article of me downgrading somebody for doing something. Whatever you want to do is great with you. It doesn't interfere with my life. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna chalk it up to he's better than me because of that. Right. I'll keep competing. I'll keep doing my thing. And so it's yeah. I think people misunderstand you sometimes. You never you never preached anything to anyone. Like I've never heard you in any interview say that this is the way to go. You always just talk about your personal choice. I never. You know what I mean? Like I, I think people just. I think in today's world of social media, just everybody wants to hear what they want to hear, but they don't actually hear what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, not everyone, just something, just some people. So 1987's first article, still have articles today, 2021. You know how many articles were talked about about being natural? One. Hmm. One. It's not me that talks about it. It's society. Just because I got drug tested my whole career and I did all that, they they talk about it. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's a personal choice. I'll hang out with anybody. Everybody knows that Rich talked about it all the time. One of my dearest friends in the world. It, it's again, it's like, what, you're not going to hang out with somebody because they have some beers on the weekend? Of course you are. That doesn't change you, man. Don't be an idiot. But again, you're right. I think you're 100% right. They want to believe what they want to believe. Or they want to they want to read one sentence. My social media team's here, and they'll put out a video, and the, and and people will just grab on to what they want to hear about the video. It's like I talk about cardiovascular is a secondary thing because cardiovascular is not as good for the heart as weight bearing uh, weightlifting. Weightlifting is incredibly great for the heart, and if you're on a good nutrition plan, you don't have to do hours of cardio. So I talked about that. I said, save cardio for like, if you get ready for a show, save cardio, if you need to get in shape, but don't get your body so absorbed to doing a half an hour, an hour a day all year long. Cause then you're just beating your body down. Now this isn't an argument. This isn't somebody who can debate me on. This is just a fact. What you don't want to do is train every single day. The ultimate goal here would be to train three days a week and have a healthy body and eat right. Correct. Because if you train every day, you're, bake, you're breaking down your body. Your body can only take so much. Mm-hmm. But now people will grab that and go, Mike said no cardio. Right. Say, so, you know what? You want to go do cardio? Go do cardio. Come back in five years when you're softer, skinnier, fatter, and you got bad knees and elbows and shoulders. So it's like they take what they want to take, and then they run with it, which is a scary thing. Yeah, it is. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. When I first came up in the 80s, not a lot of information because there wasn't social media, you know, there wasn't internet, (laughs) you know, so I learned from the guys I was around, which was lucky enough to be the greatest powerlifters in the world. But with that being said, it seems as though people really tried to understand and dissect what weightlifting was like. And then in the 80s and 90s, we were pretty healthy. Society was healthy. They were making movies about uh, uh, staying alive and being health and fitness and yoga and, and uh, jazzercise and all that. Why was so much more information today? Is society getting dumber about health and fitness instead of smarter? 
Or do you think they're not on a majority? I don't know, Mike. I think there's just, honestly, it's just a lot of information. And sometimes it's about, you know, filtering their information. You know what I mean? And I think people sometimes don't know how to filter their information. So whether you see a video on YouTube about how to train properly, there's thousands of videos how to train properly. You know what I'm saying? And they have to decide who to listen to it at the end of the day. You know what I mean? What's credibility, you know? It seems as though, like we, we said, is anybody can be a social media star sure. without doing any, any work in the trenches. Sure. It's scary because those are also the guys that are given the information. And so it, it's one of those things. It's like I, I wish people would realize it's much simpler than what they think it is. They think it's this, this trick, this, this uh, oh, no, no, you know something I don't know. That's why you've been able to stay in shape for your whole life. Right. It's like, I mean, like I just did a, a talk with Victor Martinez and he says, first thing I'm going to say is throw out the idea that this is magic pill or some kind of trick. It's just consistency of doing the best you can. True. I want to ask you, you talk about cardio and, and, and cardiovascular health, right? So I was talking to a doctor recently, right? Um, he was telling me that, okay, so I want to get your opinion on this, right? Obviously, yep. he's a doctor, but, he, you know, obviously doctors want to talk about lifting and this and that. They're talking about- Was he a cardiologist or a heart surgeon? Or was it, was it was a cardiologist. Yeah, I was talking to a cardiologist. Okay. And he was telling me that, okay, two things. Um, heavy lifting over a period of time, long period of time is, is not great for you, for your heart. He said that because actually the heart can actually grow uh, also, like just like a muscle can grow, you know what I mean? And second thing is, it's also not good for your blood pressure. He told me a lot of bodybuilders that deal with blood pressure issues. Have you heard that before? And, and have you dealt with blood pressure issues over, over the course of your career or any type of heart problems? No, I haven't. And I got a phone yesterday with an interview with a, a cardiologist, one of the biggest uh, heart surgeons out of uh, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. One thing he talked about was the aspect of weightlifting was good for you. And the reason why that is because when your heart gets older and older, as you get older, it's the problem of pumping. And they figured now with all the studies is that the pumping is coming from weight bearing cardio would help it pump better than cardiovascular, than basic cardiovascular in the sense of, of going out and jogging a marathon. And then you go back and forth. Well, you talked to a cardiologist and I did. He says, it's not good for you. My guy said it was great for you. So then I kind of analyze it and go, some of the guys that I know from the old days, Steve Davis um, and these other guys from Golds that, you know, 75, 80 years old, they're moving better than everybody else in that age. They're healthy at that age. Is there an abuse to it? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, like anything, it's an abuse. But then you also look at the other side and you see marathon runners drop dead from heart attacks at 35 and 40 years old. Wait a minute, this guy, he's running marathons. Why is he dropping dead? So I think life is one of those things. That it's, it's just some people are prone to it and some people aren't. George Burns lives until what? Drinking alcohol, smoking cigars and having parties. So 100 and something, you know, and then we know other guys you and I do in their late 20s, mid 30s, dying of heart attacks. What about blood pressure? Um, your blood pressure was great your whole life. My blood, yeah, I'm, I'm a healthy. I'm extremely healthy. And we just did a video on that. So uh, in our family, I lost my dad from uh, prostate cancer and stuff. And we just went and got tested and uh, did the whole thing. And 
Mm-hmm. Everything. I'm a healthy cat. Good. I'm a healthy cat. But I get, I think that I, I do the least amount of work in the gym, but still get better. So I stay on a diet that I can stay with all year. I do cardio periods of time to get sliced and then back off. So I'm not destroying the body. Like, you know, as well as I do, most people go in there and just go crazy. Two, three hours of training. They're, they're, they're doing everything. They're loading up so many calories. They're doing all this stuff over an extreme. And so it's a hard, it's a hard judgment to go, wait a minute, the marathon runner dies. And then we got pro bodybuilders dying. So it's, I don't know who's right. All I do know is this for me and everybody I've worked with around the world, the least amount of work, but still get better. Does that make sense to you? It's not about going in there and being a beast. Like we go back to the, the, the guy being tough because his dad died. I'm tough. I don't have to do it. I'm, I work out three hours a day. It's not tough. That's dumb. Go in, do the work you need to do, get better, and get the heck out. Work smarter, basically, right? So it, it's that's how my approach has always been. So I see these guys and uh, these mid-40-year-old guys now that are talking about health and fitness and what to do, and I can see the chip on their shoulder because they never became a successful bodybuilder. They never got rec- you know magazines and guest posts. They didn't get all that stuff. So I see them very angry, but I also see their bodies deteriorating getting smaller but these are the guys that are out there giving lectures about how to do health and fitness and that makes me ill compared to like somebody like stan Efferden, who's still healthy as can be um these guys that are, are are doing it and doing it right relative to these other guys that are doing it wrong it's a it's a tough world we live in with social media because you get you get both sides of it and it goes back to what you said who do you listen to and i don't think society is in the position it's not as easy. If you look at a billionaire, you know he's done it, right? Good job. He's great. In health and fitness, they look at these guys that did it 10, 15, 20 years ago, and there's a picture of them 20 years ago, and they're on stage, and they're a shadow of themselves, and they're talking about how to do it. But the kids don't look at that and go, well, wait a minute. I'm missing one thing. He, I get it. He was good. Why isn't he good? Because I think most people want longevity now, or at least the people in my world does. Which one person do you think influenced you the most in the fitness industry? Uh, I think it was like Arnold and Bruce Lee mm-hmm. from outside sources that pushed me. Because as soon as I looked at the magazines and watched Bruce Lee and Arnold, I was like, I'm done. Um, but I think the closest people to me was uh, people like Jeff Magruder, which most of your listeners won't know, but he was the first guy to bench 605 at 242. And he was my coach when I was 11, 12, 13. Um, so that whole crew of the Magruders, I think, influenced me to believe that I was different than everybody else and, and love that, not want to fit in but want to fit that, that lone wolf, that, that outside cast. Um, those guys influenced me in that sense. Well, I'm guessing you like Bruce Lee and Arnold for the, not just for their fitness accomplishments, right. But the entertainment component, right. That's probably the, you know, yeah, not even, 
It has nothing to do with Bruce Lee's martial arts skills. It has nothing to do with Arnold's bodybuilding. I, and I know that I've said this before, but, but Arnold impressed me because of who he was. And Bruce Lee is the same thing. Bruce Lee comes from, you know, China and, and does what he does in America, but he did it because of his mindset. Yes, he was great at martial arts, but he also changed martial arts. And it's just, and he changed it when he's in his early, in mid, I guess, early, mid-20s. Imagine that, change something that was so old in this one young stud, you know, changed it all. And then just what he did. And then Arnold's personality. To walk through the gym, everybody else is angry because they're dieting and he's laughing and smiling. I mean, it just tells you that's a different breed. Why, why are you happy and everybody else is miserable? Everybody's dieting. Yeah, this is fun. I get to do this. I don't have to do this. I get to do this. And I think that's where it changes everything. I get to, I get to go train every day. That's pretty badass. Not that I have to train. How do you feel about this? A completely different, uh, you know, we're going a different direction here, but how do you feel about the Logan Paul fight with Mayweather? Cause it's like, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people are complaining about it because it's, they're saying it's the value in boxing, but it's actually very entertaining to a certain degree, right? How do you feel about it? I think I go back to uh, the aspect that it's entertaining. It's entertaining. That's what society wants to see. For me, I, I won't watch it or nothing, but, but oh, really? I understand the concept of it. You know, I understand that it's entertaining and people want to see it and stuff. I, I said this to some old time bodybuilders that don't have a big following on social media. They're like, I won the titles. I won all this and I don't get the respect I deserve. And it's like, it's the world that it changes. You got to keep adapting. You got to keep going. You got to keep moving with it. It's a personality. Bruce Lee and Arnold made it because their personalities, if they were boring cardboard, they wouldn't have made it right. regardless of what their talents were. And I think the same thing with Paul, Paul Logan gets, or I think that's his name, right? Logan Paul, yeah. um, he gets under people's skin right. and some people want to see him get his ass kicked and he markets it. It's like social media guys that do the uh, uh, um, natty or not. They're nobody, but they can at least put videos out of somebody and get people to go and jump in on it. So that makes them famous in a sense. So it's, it's the same. Anything you can trigger to get society to follow you, it works. That's interesting. What do you think of the, do you think of the fights? Well, I mean, you know, it's clearly going to be Mayweather is going to win, but I think the point is there's always the element of what if, you know what I mean? What if he catches him with some crazy shot, you know what I mean? Or plus, maybe just people just want to see, you know, Logan Paul get beat up, like you said. I think that's probably a big portion of people that want to see that, <laughs> you know what I mean? I know that for me and, and the people around me, they just want to see him get his ass kicked. Right, right, right. <laughs> and he's smart, and he's okay with that, that he knows a big majority. I don't know who said it, but they said, love me or hate me, I'm getting paid. I don't know if it was Conor McGregor or Mayweather or somebody, but they said they love me or they hate me. I'm still getting paid. Right, right. That's, that's what that Logan Paul guy is doing, and he's doing it great. I, I, mean, I think the biggest we'd like to see Mayweather fight both brothers. Yeah. I think the biggest the biggest concern is what's happening with the sport. You know, like you often hear, like it's people always say it's bad for the sport, it's bad for this. You hear them bodybuilding too. Like people said, like you know, you mentioned Rich Biana. <clears throat> people used to say he's bad for bodybuilding. You know. Like a lot of pro bodybuilders behind the scenes would say he's, he's terrible for bodybuilding, right? Like, 
because he's not a pro, but he's more popular than the pros. And it's almost like become a situation where you're taking the big spotlight away from the guys that are on the stage competing. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't think it's right or wrong to that, right? Like, ultimately, it's the audience decide what, decides what's in demand, right? And that's a supply and demand situation. Yeah. How many great actors knew martial arts and made it famous off of that? Mm-hmm. They weren't great actors, but they were great martial artists, so they could do it. So in this sense, it's personality over physique. Um, it's He had a great personality. People loved him. And so, yeah, he makes it big. And I can understand them saying, well, yeah, but it makes us look bad. And It's one of those things that we're trying to hold on to the old days, and it's changing quick. Very quick. It's changing so quick. And so... I, I understand boxing in the sense um, how they may feel like it, it's dropping it, but these guys are making more money and more pay-per-views than the champion boxers. So I don't know how that comes into play. It's yeah, you know, it makes the most for a college. It's, it's the guys' football team. So right. if you can make something big, I guess, is, is what the society is all about now. Right, right. Well, how do you feel about the pro bodybuilding right now? And, you know, Big Rami winning Olympia. Um, what do you think is going to, like, do you think it's going to take, you know, the in the direction of mass monsters again? Or do you, like, what do you, how do you see the future of the Olympia going? I think he had, I think he looked great, though. So I, I know mass monsters, but I think he had shape, too. I think he looked great. Uh, and he's such a, uh, such a kind soul. You know, Skip being a kind person, I can just stand around him and you can just feel he's, he means well in life. And so I, I like the aspect that he, he did, uh, he, get, he got his. Um, but that whole top class, you know, the whole, all those guys, I love all those guys. They're good people, they're good representation for bodybuilding. Um, I think that uh, the other sides, their they're, society is more, um, I don't know if the I don't know if the numbers show it, but it seems as though society really loves the classic more so than the uh, the main class. I guess. What What do you find? I think no. I mean, it's definitely very popular the classic, but um, I think Men's Open still generates the most views when it comes to the ratings. You know, um, just because it's it's the you know it's the old ultimate, ultimate there is ultimate factor. Yeah. So, which. Personally, I never saw a problem with that. You know, a lot, a lot of people complain about the aesthetics, but I, I feel like, you know, you want to see, you know, a spectacle of some sort, you know, so you, you're seeing that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I'm a, man, my first Olympia back in the days, it's like seeing Lee Haney, you know, come in and, and do what he did, being the first really big guy with, with shape. Yeah. It was like, uh, I guess that's that same discussion now, it's, but that was over 25, 30 years ago. So it's, I'm okay with it going the way it's going. I love muscle. So <laughs> obviously superheroes, those guys look like superheroes to me. So I love it. I love that they're, they're, they're monsters in that sense. And then at the same time, I'm cool with they, they got classic now and, and everything else. And then the girls are coming back. Uh, I'm actually going out next week to, to have dinner with Jack Wood. So it's, I'm excited to find out what's what's the future for this whole thing. You know, speaking of superheroes, um, I don't know if you heard Chris Helmsworth, the Thor, you know, the actor. He made some comments recently saying that um, because of his physique, 
and his love for muscles, just, just like you, you know, he's not, you know, being respected as much as a, as a serious actor because he likes bodybuilding. It, it was a, it was a big headline actually. It was like, I think a couple of weeks ago, it made the news. Um, what do you, what do you think about that statement? And do you think Hollywood embraces muscles? Because you and Hollywood also, you know, you, you do roles. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> That's a shame because I've seen him do I've seen him do other things and he's great in it. It I think it's just the individual feels like maybe he's not being taken serious for because I know he's such a, a good looking guy and he's an Australian. So I've never met an Australian I don't like. They're all guy guys. You know, they're fun to hang out with. And and so yeah, it's a tough one because the the world of acting in in, in, in movies and acting, you got stars. And then you got actors. Right. Actors are very uh, protective of their craft. Where stars, I mean, they just jump past everybody. And he's a star. So I could see anybody that's a star that the, the acting community will say, well, uh, you know, I just saw something similar to that in the sense of not being taken serious is, is um, somebody just talked about, what is it? Chris Evans didn't act until the fourth or the final Avengers. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, no, this first three, he was just kind of like, just good looking and all this and that he wasn't taken serious for. It. And then it was finally the fourth when he really dug into his depth. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I think that's just one of those things when it comes to uh, Chris is maybe feeling a little bit like he's a superstar and he's overcasted from the, he's not getting the respect from the actors, which is probably just like health and fitness. You know, the bodybuilders feel maybe they don't get respected by the classic guys and vice versa or something. But so what, what advice would you give um, to the guys right now, how to make money in bodybuilding, how to succeed in the fitness industry, how to really even not being rich, but yeah. just being stable. You know what I mean? Like, do you, what's, what's the right, what's the right moves to make? Um, do not be an echo. Do not be an echo is the first thing. Do not mimic somebody. Um, first off, you're going to make money for a short period of time until everybody kind of goes, dude, you're repetitive. You just say the same thing that this guy says, that this guy says, that this guy says. You got no mind of your own. Mm -hmm. uh, then I also just 100% give the bird to everybody and be you. Honestly, be you. Because the one thing that I see is these guys that really don't care about anything else are so free to do whatever they want mm -hmm. and they make it big. It's the guys that are going back to the whole, uh, I'm just going to put down, uh, I bench press. I bench press a lot and then that's all they do. Where's your personality? Where's where's the other gimmicks? Where, who, who are you? Uh, so I would make sure just to say, just put down what you want to put down. Um, be organic. Uh, let it grow with yourself. Don't try to, don't fight to get famous. Just be you and it'll happen. The, the mimics and the people that are echoes, short-lived. But back in the day, right, there was a plan, right? You become a bodybuilder, you get a contract from a supplement company and you get a contract from the magazine, right? And then you basically set and then you go to do shows, you sell photographs at the expos, right? That was kind of like a, it's it was like different. a plan, no, right? First, now, in our day, we had to win. We had to first fight to win. So you win a show, then you get looked at. Now, that's completely gone. You don't have to win nothing anymore. 
you just got to be a good looking guy with abs and, and or a girl with a, a nice butt and, and boom, the companies are loving you. So it took out one aspect of the grind. And so I don't know how much more you need to develop as a person because you never went through the grind. Um, but uh, yeah, in the old days, you win a show, win a powerlifting meet, whatever it is, uh, get on TV because you're a good actor or something. And then you get the endorsement. And then you're intelligent enough to write articles for the magazines, be on the covers, and then blah, blah, blah. And today, I think it is start your social media pages, start your YouTube channel, use all that free. And if you're not on all of it, it's free. Why wouldn't you be? It doesn't make any sense. But get yourself out there. Get yourself viewed and seen. Because it's the people with the biggest followings the companies look at and go, hmm, they have a big following. For that is the show now. The measuring right. But that's actually, Mike, that's actually... I mean, I'm not saying it's a harder grind, but that's a grind. Like to build a YouTube channel is difficult. Like you're competing with literally billions of people. I mean, think about that. That's why I say, don't be an echo. Hmm. Don't like, whatever you got that's different than everybody else. Um, don't repeat the, the hey, this is how you do a crunch. We know how to do a crunch. You know, you got to be. And here's the other thing. Here's the harsh truth. Not everybody's going to make it. Not everybody's going to be a celebrity. So. <laughs> Be smart enough to have some income as you're building that. I, it didn't matter that I got a contract with Weeder and got flown down here and put up by them, the muscle and fitness. Didn't matter. I still worked. I still write to personal training at Gold's Gym Venice. I started doing the stuff. I started, I started grinding. And everything I made from contracts, from TV shows, from Gladiators and Death Becomes Her and all these movies and stuff, I put away. I put away for the future. Never touched it. The only thing I would spend would be the money that I'd make personal training. And so it's work your ass off. Continue to try to do the habit or, or the passion that you love. And that's what they talk about. They talk about like you've got to get a couple of years of doing the hard labor. And that hard labor is whatever it is, the, the, the personal training, the car wash, the garbage man, whatever it is, as you're chasing the dream. How did you build that business sense? Because when I think of uh, of you, right, I always think of uh, obviously you know a fitness persona, but I really think of you as an entrepreneur in the fitness industry. How I think because you know like the back stuff, the the realist commercial real estate buildings right, and all right. these. How did you build that business sense? How did you develop it? Um, I I come from a family of ten, and my dad was an educated man. My mom both graduated from Washington uh, University in Washington, so I watched them both work raising 10 kids mm. you know people today i'm we got one kid and you know it's like i can't fathom what it's like raising 10 kids but i learned that the importance of money which saved me um in my early years because remember all these guys that i came up with think about that late 80s early 90s you could name 20 guys that are famous today I put everything away knowing that this is not a nine to five. I don't got a 401k. This is on me. I put it away. And then as time went and I continued to learn, I learned that real estate from Arnold was the first thing. He said, you want to make it start buying. And I'm like, all right, okay. This is what has to happen. Cause that will always go up. So, um, that's how I started early on business wise. And, and then I just kept that, quiet on the outside and kept building that and putting everything away. 
the great thing is that I'm not, I'm not flashy. I don't need the Mercedes. I don't need the McLaren. I don't need the, you know, $10 million house. I, I love the fact that I know that I get to lift every single day. As crazy as that sounds, I do. That's all I want to do is lift my life away in that sense. And now I just want to be able to tussle with Titan in 20 years. Well, that's, so, a, that's, a, that's a good feeling to have. You can do basically whatever you decide to do. True, true success, freedom. Yeah. That's true success. And, and I know that, uh, uh, I guess, is, is, uh, is what we're talking about is the upcoming or bringing up or, or moving forward on, on how to set the future up mm -hmm. for these kids that are out there. Work your ass off, put it away. The partying that comes and goes, go, go, go well, chase it. It's hard though, because we live in the age of social media, right? Where, where every day yeah. on social media on your feed, you're seeing wealth, whether it's real or not, but you're seeing images of wealth, right? That's, that's projected in uh, cars, houses, and jewelry, right? You see that that's all day, right? So, you know, you people chase that and they want to aspire to be like that. You know what I mean? Never compare yourself to others for you will become vain and bitter. That should be, that should be like a sign. It's, it's a, it's a poem I read when I was 12. Oh. <laughs> um, and then it's true. If you start going, Hey, he's got a McLaren. That's what I need to get. Yeah. I got to get this. And that's why I go back to the point of the guy saying, Hey, tell everybody off and do you, I don't need, I, I, obviously I'm at this stage in life where I can say, when you're out, you know, and you're all, all your boys are drinking and they say, hey, you drink. I'm at that age where I go, yeah, I'm, no. But I understand that a 20-year-old, that that pressure might get to them. Or, or the girlfriend wants to say, hey, let's go get ice cream. And you're like, well, I'm getting ready for a show. It's, I, I never went the other route because I always had the dream. And I think Jordan Peterson talked about in your 20s, kick ass and save the money because by 30 and, and he talked about this, he said, you should have a hundred thousand dollars by the time you're 30, which is low, I think, but it, it's, you should be saving money and working your ass off in your twenties when you're young and, and vibrant and you can, you can get away with four or five hours of sleep, you know? So you set yourself up for the future. And I think I, what you said was pressure gets to these kids. Absolutely. Back to know, know who you are. And it, then that takes us full circle to the part of where I didn't deal with my loneliness or being alone until I lost my mom. And so it's like these kids right now, if they're listening to this, if they take anything away from this, skip not doing cardio, skip, you know, whatever this is or with your boys, <laughs> deal with the fact of that you can be alone and be your own man or woman. And decide what you really want. And don't get peer pressured from what social media shows you. Or you'd be chasing a, a nasty ghost. Uh, I definitely agree with you, Mike. It's just I feel like people have a hard time, you know, really following those 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 words because it's just we live in a real world, you know, and it's crazy out there. When it comes to pressure. What would you tell them? What would you tell them about peer pressure? I would tell them the same exact thing as you. I just feel like sometimes people have to, you know, make own mistakes and kind of learn from it and rebound from it. You know what I mean? I think that's what happens to a lot of the kids now or just younger generation you know, in general. Can I ask how old you are now? 38. Is there anything that you wish you didn't have wasted your time with 
Um, I got another movie I just finished called The Seven Deadly Sins, where I play a anime character called Escanor. Um, and he is, uh, again, bigger than life. And then we just got back from Louisiana. We were filming out there for a movie uh, called yeah, The Book of Cain. And so I actually play a uh, god in this one. And we, it was great filming. It was all night shoots. It's very uh, gritty and dark. Um, and the coolest thing about this is I'm a complete savage in the movie. Complete savage. Uh, but I get to do this one scene, which is uh, very similar to Arnold's Terminator scene, where I walk through this bar and stuff. And you'll see. It's, naked, it's, you're walking naked through the bar? I'm walking straight naked <laughs> through the bar. Straight up. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> but it's cool because I want to put it next to like Arnold's. You know, thing because it's just it's it's very epic and the way they shot it is beastie. And this guy's a complete savage. This character, um, and it was great too because this character was the hardest character I've ever had to play. Um, I had to have a uh, Russian accent, uh, so I was in a, a speech class with that. Uh, and then they had me in classes, um, so for hours and hours and hours. And so all of this though is is great, but we're all leading up to the one thing that we're getting ready for is. Uh, um, the TV series that we've been working on for the last year now. That's awesome. Man. Hey, what do you think about this idea? I wanted to ask you, you know how the Logan Paul Mayweather do an exhibition match? What about a bodybuilding uh, pay-per-view exhibition match? Like, like somebody like you or you specifically against another bodybuilder, bodybuilder on stage, but actual pose off and the, the, maybe the audience can decide who wins, but an exhibition match. It's not going to be on the record. You know what I mean? What do you think about that? You think that would do well? I think that's brilliant. I think it's brilliant because uh, two aspects. One is because um, I was already asked to do a uh, uh, a martial uh, MMA fight. Oh, really? To against a celebrity, so that was pretty cool. I like the idea of this too because of the aspect that bodybuilding to me is a sport, and so it really doesn't matter who the other guy is. Mm -hmm. It's of how people view what is better. Because you you see pictures of. Frank Zane standing next to Arnold. And again, I'm a 270 pound guy. So, you know, again, all these guys. Um, yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea, but it'd be curious on, on who it'd, it'd be up next to. I'd love that. It's going to be a good matchup, you know, classic. Cause I can't get down to that weight for classic for my height. So, but that'd be cool, man. Uh, maybe like Victor Martinez can do that. I guess somebody too. That'd be pretty cool. Like Victor Martinez and Jay Cutler. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be nice. That's, that's pretty smart, yeah. I two good guys, too. <laughs> yeah. Coming out of it, but that's a good idea. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. All right, Mike, uh, last question I want to ask you. Um, what's the right approach to deal with haters online? Uh, is it just to block them, to respond? Uh, how, how, how would you do it? How, what kind of advice would you give how to deal with them? I, there's two, two aspects to this, um, or three. I do agree with the echo, the common sense is that nobody above you trolls you and so yeah you know th that's who you want to talk to um so for those kids out there that are getting trolled and stuff don't worry about that the, the people that are below you are trying to get followers and that's why they're poking at you or they just want to see you uh react right. don't worry about that and then also remember if somebody's trolling you or, or hating on you uh 
for it to absolutely hurt you or make you want to respond, you have to respect the person. I don't know if that's different for other people. Somebody can say, hey, you're a tool. Great. You know, <laughs> two pictures. Obviously, you live in your mom's basement. I don't care. Um, there's a lot of trolls that come after me, but they're, they're like complete losers that are trying to make themselves famous off of my name. And just keep that in mind. Keep in mind that there's just nobodies and stuff. So just keep in mind that that's what they are. So you keep working on who you are and just block, just block them. It's it, social media. Isn't a freedom of speech. You know what I mean? It's because people go, Hey, are you going to block me? Sure. Blocked. It's like, <laughs> this is not a debate guys. It's like, I, I like my social media. These are my, my, my friends and Titans around the world. I'm not going to have a whole bunch of trolls in there. So I just block, I block for the minute things. Like, hey, what song is that? You're an idiot. It says it right above it. It's like, you're blocked. <laughs> it's a, uh, I'll tell you, you can't Google that. You're blocked. You know, and so I, I block for minute things. And these guys are great. My team's great. They just block. Me. So um, keep it clean. Keep your page as clean as possible, too. And I know a lot of people like the banter. I just block it and move on. And again, it goes back to having a kid. Focus on what you're focus on what you need to focus on. Don't get distracted by these these tools that are nobody that are trying to make their name off of you. Good question. What do you do? Do you get haters? Yeah, I guess uh, the, the team blocks them. I guess I'm not sure. Um, you know, you know, it's interesting. Uh, so we actually, like maybe a few years ago, we would never we would allow any type of comment to go through like on YouTube or something like that. Right. And then um, somebody showed me some comments and they were just so vile, uh, borderline, like it was ba racist basically. You know what I mean? So we had, our board had to make a decision. Like if it's something that racist or something that crazy, then you have to, you have to block a person. Um, but yeah, but you know what the funniest thing is like, sometimes you, you see a comment and it's like the most the most disgusting comment you ever see in your life. Then you go to that page, and it's like a guy with a baby. He says "God first. Yeah. <laughs> in their bio. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you just hit it out of the park. That's I, crazy. I, how, how can somebody like that make a comment like that? That's crazy. You know? I, I get those kind of comments. I, I I get the ugly ones. Hey, I hope your wife and your kid gets hit by a car. And you look at their page, yeah. and you're like, "God first, come <laughs> from kindness." And it's like, holy shit. It, you know what else? It really does make you how the majority of society thinks. When you see these comments about the, the hater comments, because you just, wow, the way you guys think, I can't even comprehend how you got there. Right, right. It, it, it's, it's like, a, if there's something about health and fitness and you want to argue with me, there's no argument. Because you're not arguing me. You're arguing me. You're arguing Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, Robbie Robinson, Frank Zane. You, you're arguing everybody that I've learned from right. on something. And I've been doing this for 40 years and I've been able to do something nobody else has been able to do on stage in the early eighties, still on stage in 2021 on stage, not, not relevant, but on stage. So not going to really argue with me about health and fitness, what to do about cardio, how you eat and stuff. So mm -hmm. it's odd that you get these guys that are like skinny fat guys going, Hey, that's wrong. Shh, shh. This isn't a debate, son. Sit down. We'll block you. But yeah, it's yeah, just crazy. block. It's crazy. Just block. You're always fun to talk to, brother. Always great talking to you, Mike. Thank you so much for your time. 
always a pleasure, man. And I can't wait to see you in person, man. I'm going to be out there soon. New York, you're still there, right? Of course. Yeah. Come by anytime. Going to come by. Bug the heck out of you guys. Let's do it, man. Thank you so much, Mike. Let's put a workout in. Let's put a workout in. <laughs> Let's do it. Actually, we got a gym opened uh, close by. We should go there. Okay. It's a private, um, private training facility for Generation Iron. So we should definitely do like uh, something over there. We're going to make you pop the top. We we gonna pose it down for the fans oh, man. and have them vote. Oh man! All right. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much, brother. I appreciate your time. Thanks, man. Always good. Take care. Bye, buddy. Be safe. Visit GenerationIron.com for even more GI exclusive content on all things bodybuilding, fitness, combat, and strength sports. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are downloaded.